Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast. Nick Hayes with you. Lana Hill, hello. Hello, Nick Hayes. Lana, how much how much money you got in your pocket right now? None in my pocket. None? Do you like, carry any money with you? Current, no. How, how, I mean, this is going to be <laughs> like a bit, cash money. Cash money, and this might be a little personal. You know, how, financial. How are you financially? You doing all right? I'm getting better. Yeah, you're I'm, getting I'm better. I'm getting better. Well, you know, recovering from a divorce and all those oh, good things. It God. takes some um, financial health takes time, Nikkei's. Well, maybe we need to have a chat to a business and money expert. Sounds good. Well, what a segue <laughs> there. Hello, Sarah Wells. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you. Hey, um, talking money, talking finance, you know. COVID and a pandemic world, um, how are you seeing things playing out? Are people cashed up or are they, uh, you know, are they holding on to their pennies? Look, going through the GFC, there was a saying that you can tell who's been swimming naked when the tide goes out. <laughs> and I have to say that when you throw in a couple of involuntary divisions of assets, aka, co- AKA divorce, when you've been spending too much time with your significant other during COVID, yeah. <laughs> as well as possibly a bit too much online shopping and... The economy kind of changing and finding itself, we're certainly finding out people that have got a handle on how they spend their money and what they do and people that just kind of don't have any idea or we're rolling through life being lucky. Oh, it it is. It's an interesting time, even in my own personal situation, where um, you know you've got these normal expenses and these normal things that you partake in pre-COVID. And it was, you know, you do the occasional two holidays a year if you can, if you're lucky enough to. You'll have certain expenses that you allocate for restaurants, for going out, for socialising. And then all of a sudden, COVID kicks in, and you've got nowhere to go, nowhere to spend anything on, and uh, you feel like you've got a whole heap of cash. And then then you start making silly investments <laughs> bigger yeah. investments well i will say that there is no better time in my entire lifetime or possibly anyone sitting around here than there is right now to reduce debt yes because debt is cheap so as people what we do when something's cheap we want more of it yeah however the reverse is also true yeah so for anyone out there that's in a similar situation where you got oodles of cash pay off your debt yeah is that, is, that, is, that the, is that the best advice from a money expert? Is it the standard 101? Yeah. Reduce your debt. The single if, – if people can go away from listening to us have a chat today and just do one thing, it would be to reduce debt. So I'm in my early 40s. I have huge choices today because of one reason. I paid off debt as quickly as I could. Yeah. So I talk from personal experience. Why, why is it that we don't? Because we see debt as something that helps us get us what we want, we don't necessarily respect it. Right. And the other thing that we do is we only fix it, we only pay more, and we only really pay attention to it when it costs when it starts to cost us more. Yeah, when it starts to hurt. 
Is, is yeah. this resonating, Lana? Oh, I mean, yes and no. I was, it's, I was it's brought definitely up, with me. I can tell you. Yeah, I only got my first credit card though, and I've only, still only got one credit card. But I only got a credit card when I was like twenty-four. I was raised in very much a house of like cat. There's no credit, you know, just cash, real Save money for it if you want it. Pay for it. Don't yeah. don't borrow money. Like if you can't afford it, don't buy it. But I think I think the general culture today, Sarah, you're right. It's not that, and even things like afterpay and you know just the general consumerism is. It's really easy to access money that isn't totally ours. You know, <laughs> look, I've I've seen generations change, and I've seen our spending habits change. I've been you know in this industry now for 23 years so I've seen the advent of FPOS I've seen tap and go I've seen um, the availability more of credit cards and now buy now pay later but the one thing that I have seen more than anything is the psychological change that we have with our relationship with money Mm. we believe if we use it to have something or if we had this abundance, I think it kind of started with the secret. When we all started to get really <laughs> excited about if we drive a successful car, or sorry, not a successful car, but an expensive car, and we look successful, that we will attract more success yeah. into our life. manifest. The old real estate agent theory, you know, <laughs> yeah. they roll up in that we BMW or Mercedes Benz. We certainly manifested something and that was bucket loads of debt. Yeah. And <laughs> what we have been really fortunate in Australia is we're paid really well. Yes. Houses, yes, they are expensive, but debt is also easy to get. Mm. So we're always able to kind of cover up that little mistake that we have where maybe we spend a bit more than we should or we don't quite get that bonus. We're always able to find another job that pays a little bit more. So we're kind of able to to cover up where we've got those those shortfalls or those mistakes in life. COVID was the leveler for that because mm. it slowed everything right down and we started to see the truth about ourselves. Now, you work with clients around building their financial wealth, their futures. You do work with them, obviously, with the, the budgeting and the getting on, back on track. Who is your typical client, though? Is it a, is it a high-end wealth earner or is it your, your mums and dads sitting out there in the western suburbs? Not that they're the typical kind of client, but uh, <laughs> God, here we go. I've really bracketed myself there, haven't I? You have. You've kind of just really put me into that nice little pigeonhole. So, yes, the majority of my clients today are people that, that have a level of affluence. Yep. But I also work with their kids. Yeah. So, yes, they are children of affluent parents, but they also tend to be children of parents who maybe don't give their children everything that their kids want. Yes. So, I still have that relative, you know, touch with what it's like to budget on a regular income. So you're seeing a generational change there with where the haves uh, and the want-to-bees, but the want-to-bees are going to be the haves. Is there a change, though, in their attitude towards money and finances? Definitely, I'm starting to see one probably a little bit more into the millennials. Um, So where my office is, I'm surrounded by a bunch of them, and they're all kind of like little digital curiosities to me. They do cool stuff, (laughs) and they have cool (laughs) conversations, and... I kind of sit there going, okay, finance, it's not really that exciting. But they come and ask me questions. And one of the things I definitely find is there is a curiosity to understand money. Yeah, Money and wealth seems to be a bit elusive to that younger generation. It's sort of this knowledge that older generations have and they sort of guard it and it's this mystery where really it's you just don't spend more than you earn. 
But it's keeping it relative. So it's like how to afford that you don't need to have buy now, pay later. How do you save? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm a millennial. I'm, a, I'm at the very old end. I'm 38 this year. So, but I agree with you. I, I have that same. And now I'm really, I actually get excited when I look in my super account and I like I'm thinking about when I'm 50 and 60 but it's taken me up until this point in my life to have that You'll be attitude. thinking a lot longer than I'll be thinking about it because <laughs> it hasn't got that much for me to go yet. Yeah, but it is. It is. I think there is that um, uh, that sense that it's out of your control, and I think once you realise it's in your control, and it's really important to get it back into your control if you've let it go, then that's where people like you come in, Sarah. Most definitely, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. Sort of, there's something that happens to us, sort of early to mid thirties. Yeah, where we start to really realise that maybe we're not going to tomorrow is sort of today yeah and we start to pay attention mm. and it's probably also where i see people make the best and the worst decisions of their <laughs> financial future let's yep. talk about those the best what is the best financial decision go back to the first one which is pay off debt great <laughs> the the second one is have this concept of pay yourself first oh that's can great i advice. just say i love that that is that i learned that as well uh running a business because I tell you what, if you can't run the business, if you can't pay yourself first, then what hope of the rest of your other staff and what's the future of your business if you can't do that? I love that piece of advice. Great one for all the small businesses, micro businesses and big businesses out there. Anyone can benefit from pay yourself first. Yep. Even, um, even a household on a single income where you've got a stay-at-home um, spouse or a stay-at-home carer, there should be some kind of allocation for that person yep. to be paid, put into a bank account for them to do whatever they want with. Yep. It's kind of respecting your time, respecting your value, but also having a little bit of financial freedom. The next one is obviously savings. Yes. You know, save for something and learn to defer things. So a simple thing that I do is I have one in, one out. So if I want to buy a piece of clothing, I've got to be prepared to give one away. Right. If I want to buy a new electrical device, I've got to be prepared to give one away. And what it has done is it makes me think about what I'm going to spend. So I kind of have this concept called um, fin being. It's kind of my take on financial well-being. And it's really about looking at the psychology and how you relate to money and how you spend. Yeah. Because some people seem to really know. It's, it's a little bit intuitive like weight. Some people seem to manage to just stay at the same weight all the time. Yep. And others, we go up and we go down. It's so true. And there are, I even last night was thinking about if I've had a, you know, a bit of a crappy day or a crappy week or I haven't, you know, looked after myself and my mental well-being enough, I browse and I don't always buy, but I will browse <laughs> shopping websites mental and I'll put therapy. it, yeah, I'll put it in my bag and most of the time I won't buy because I've trained myself not to <laughs> To make you feel the cart, but you don't check it out. Yes, exactly. But you are, you're looking for that kind of dopamine hit and that rush. And it is thinking before we, you know, make so, the bad so, decision. So is that filling the cart, sort of the window shopping of the digital world? Is it's that- browsing. It's <gasps> just going out with a girlfriend and like window oh, just, shopping just. and chilling out and filling the cart. But it also helps. It. it takes you, it takes the edge <laughs> off the need to buy something. But it's also about, do I really want this? Do I really need this? Or am I just filling a, you know, a void. <laughs> so Sarah, I love that psychology around, yeah. you know, one in, one out, because what am I prepared to give up if I want to get that kind of thing? And it is that thinking, isn't it? Well, that's the essence of financial planning. Yeah. Is what am I prepared to give up so I can have something at a later date? Because you cannot retire at 30 
if you're not prepared to give some stuff up along the way. Sure. Just as you can't retire at 60 if you're not prepared to give some stuff up along the way. And someone who sits here and can proudly say that, you know, they've worked really hard after not being particularly financially astute in their 20s. I made all the mistakes, so I cannot judge. Yep. Is that I have never missed a manicure I didn't have and I have never (laughs) missed a pair of shoes or a pair of pants that I didn't buy now. Yeah. Because it gives me freedom and it gives me a position to make choices and decisions in my life. And you're never too old to change. you just got to have the courage and the honesty to look at, you know, maybe I like to say I'm not, I'm not good with money. I don't kind of take that. It's I'm not paying enough attention to what I'm doing with my money. And yeah. I now need to prioritise my financial future and start making some decisions. I love this chat. I love this chat, Lana. It's, it's really, it, it's, it's so simple. And sometimes it's just the simplicity that you just need to hear to get some clarity. And thank you very much for the rain coming down <laughs> here in Western Australia. Jeep is our studios even not devoid of it. It's Stormageddon 3. Stormageddon 3. <laughs> what a fizzer it was yesterday. But can I I, – because I'm fascinated by this because you do deal with those that uh, have the money and, and the families that do, but also to do – you, do you feel that the younger generation may be seeing it in a different way because of the way technology and society is moving into this, I must have, I must have, I must have, or um, everything is so um, it's so easy to get hold of it. I mean, they've got Afterpay. You've got all of these other payment methods that you just buy now and worry about it later. I think it's really going to be split into two camps because I talk to a lot of um, you know guys in their early 20s and I'm really quite interested because I'm fascinated too. I find I find how people do and what they do absolutely fascinating. I've never seen so many 20-year-olds have houses. Yes. Uh, what they is with are, that? They have been watching. Yep. They have been looking and they have been learning. And I think what they've seen is the mistakes that we've made, the older generations around social media, where we've got really caught up in what other people think of us. Yeah. And what they've done is they've just kind of got on and lived their lives. So they haven't... They don't do what others do, which is they don't need to start where their parents finished off. Yeah. They're open to a stepping stone. They're open to rent vesting. They're open to um, staying at home longer. They're just a little bit more aware of themselves. Yes. And they've tapped into this opportunity that there is a huge amount of information online. Yeah. And they're really good at synthesising that information and keeping it simple. I think those of us that are a little bit older, that sort of came from Encyclopedia Britannica and Encarta, <laughs> where we had <laughs> limited amounts of information Encarta. that we had to extrapolate on. Oh, oh my God. Wow. I, still, I still remember them I going remember past the house Encarta. and dropping in and saying, would you like to buy your volume? And yeah. they would drop them in you know, they one would. by one. We oh had them at home God. too. And they were pride of place in the house totally. and they were your source of information, right? And also to your <laughs> status within <laughs> the community because if you had the full set, oh, really? you weren't mucking around. Maybe oh. they were different in your day to my day. Yeah. Everyone had them in my well, day. You just claim to be a, an old millennial. I'm not uh, – I am I'm, an old millennial. I'm, I'm, I'm Gen X. That's it. All right. <laughs> hey, um, and the good gen, by the way, too. <laughs> Sarah, let's talk about your media. Yes. I, yeah. One of the great fascinating I, – I, I loved hearing this and I got it from a producer that rang me the next day to say that, um, look, we called up. We were running. We were desperate. Not that we were desperate to get anyone, but we were. We lost a, uh, someone coming on for a panel. Um, we called up Sarah Wells and not only did she get there in a heartbeat, it was just 
perfect for the show. And just that keenness, that drop everything, I'm going to make it happen and work and then perform at another level. Not only did me so proud because, you know, obviously you're on our books, but uh, for yourself, I mean, that t- ability to do that and just to drop everything and just jump onto a show that you didn't even know what it was about or what it was going on, uh, credit to you. Well done. Oh, thank you so much. And media is a bunch of fun. Yeah. yeah. Like I really love – look, what I do is not Instagrammable. You know, I can't make it look pretty. <laughs> but I do love educating people and empowering them that there are choices with money. Mm. And it's not this kind of, you know, thing where you've got to look behind the curtain to find the knowledge is there. So any opportunity I have to, A, maybe not talk about money and talk about other things because that was very, very cool about that show – but um, also just to be able to bring some knowledge to light and get people talking about money. It is not taboo. Yeah. It is not taboo. Let's talk about it. Let's bring it out. Let's make better choices. So what has media? I mean, why media? Why would you want to? I mean, you wanted to say that you want to educate, you want to talk about it, but what's that inner burning uh, desire to get out there and talk about it? Where does that come from? Two things. I think possibly the people that are out there talking at media level might be seen as not the people that the younger generations really want to listen to mm. because it is very um, very sensible. Um, and look, I can definitely be sensible as well. But it, I just don't think that we are contextualising it and relating it to a younger generation. So it's stale male pale. A little bit stale, male and pale. I don't want to fly the female flag here. Just no, no, like no. Totally. I, I flew it for you. But it's I fl- okay. But I flew it in a way that I, I, that's the way that I think um, money commentary, um, yeah. education elements does come out. I agree. Because have a look at it. Short of the barefoot <laughs> investor, you know, who else is actually running around talking about money tends to be older white male. Older or people that come from a very strong financial planning and accounting background. Sure. Yes. And I love financial planners and accounting backgrounds. I've done my quals. I don't practice. I work in the area of debt and I'm just now going back and re-educating myself as well in that area. But it tends to be very um, very macro, very kind of um, compliance-based and very sort of economic-centric. So true. How does this relate to me? It and doesn't. that's what people are looking for. Yeah. What 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 is the one thing I can now go out and do today yeah. mm. that if I can do consistently over the next six months will put my life in a better financial position than where I was before I heard Sarah on air? So that's yeah. what I try and do. And I love radio because, you know, I get people in their cars or I get people sitting at home, you know, kind of hanging out, just doing sort of doing their normal lifetime things is I can share a couple little tips here and there. I, I love the fact that you don't want to play the female card, but I want to play it here for you a little. Uh, we've got a, a fantastic financial advisor in Jason Featherby um, who does he, – he talks to the audience. He talks their talk. Yeah. He doesn't talk jargon. He doesn't talk all the numbers. He really gets into the what makes someone tick. But I want to play the female card here because I don't think that there is enough female financial advisors, money experts that really do understand that are talking the talk. Yeah. I think you've got a very important role here to connect with that audience. I agree. And that's why, you know, the choice is I put myself out there, try and get my voice up and slowly and surely consistently over time, your voice will rise to the top. But one of the things, and, you know, maybe I am going to fly the, the, the female flag here is, we have to work harder, we have to work smarter, and we have to do things more consistently. Yep. So when I do get a call from someone that says, turn up, rock up, I need someone on air, 
I just go. I yeah. let my feet take me before my head has a chance to think about it. Because a, a guy I used to work with always said to me, he goes, Sarah, as a, as a female, you need to go and put your hand up for things that you think you're about 75% ready for. Because yes. you're probably 105. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> totally. But you're going to think you're 75 because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I critique myself. So the more media I can do, the more people I can talk to, the more people that take a chance on me, you know, I, I turn up and I'm prepared and I so reward and respect those invitations, particularly the ones that you've organised. Lana, I want you to step in here because I know that you did something exactly the same. You weren't 75. I think you probably would have felt you were at 50% ready to go away and do it. But it is about putting your hand up and saying, yes, I can do it. I am and I want to do it, particularly when media is involved because sometimes it is a little bit of fake it till you make it, but you've got time. You've got that ability to get ready to deliver. They're not asking for your, your 25 years of experience in, in a two, three-minute interview. They're just asking for your expertise, opinion and knowledge. Yeah, totally. And look, I think with media and with business, you, if you give it an opportunity, it's your responsibility to make the most of that opportunity. And that's something I've always kind of been very conscious of. It c- comes from my sales background, but I think it's so applicable to media. But yeah, I think women in general, that's something that women, you know, it's like, should I apply for that promotion? Should I ask for the pay rise? no, I've only got sort of 75% of what it's asking for. It's like, no, bloody put your hand up. And if you don't do it, somebody else is going to. It may as well be you, you know, rather than rather than somebody else taking that opportunity. From my perspective, I've just got to be willing to fail. Yeah. Like I've just got to be willing to fail at something. Yeah. Because at least if I'm willing to fail, I'm willing to try. And I think you look at that from a financial perspective as well. A lot of people go, but, you know, to buy a house – I need a hundred thousand. I've only got twenty five. Yeah. Rather than going, okay, well maybe I can get to thirty five. What could I do with my thirty five? So they set themselves up to fail before they've even started, and that's where I think those in their twenties, they're willing to have a crack at twenty five. Yeah. They'll yeah. go out there they and they'll find something. They don't fear it, do they? They just don't have that fear of failure. And I think it's because they've lived their entire life on social media where people (laughs) see everything they do, good, bad and ugly. Because people will post anything now (laughs) online. Whereas, I don't know, know, when Facebook first came into play when I was, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I certainly didn't put, you know, when I was having a bad day. I no. made sure that, you know, it was always a good day. It's all day, rosy. How you looked, you know, you yeah. kind of, you know, could your life online. And it still is today. And I think you made a really good point around generations around it, it is the Gen Xs that are caught up in this more than anyone because this came in when we, well, we created it, I suppose, at the end of the day or even the generation, even the baby boomers to a degree uh, made it. But we're caught up on that and we worry too much about what others think, whereas we really should be just worrying about ourselves. There's a saying that we have in the finance world, and hopefully I'll be able to get it out right, is we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's so true. And we all do it. What makes a difference is just being aware of it. And that's why I'm so deeply passionate about people talking about money. Yes. Because the more you talk about it, the less likely you are to fib to yourself. Yes. Because when you start fibbing to yourself about how you manage your money, the only person you're shortchanging is you. Oh, this is gold, Lana. It is gold. I know, I'm doing a lot of self-reflection. I actually had my first mortgage when I was 19. Did you? And, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, and it, it was. Um, it, it was interesting, though, too, because it was during the, the boom. So this is back around 2006, six, seven, yep. something like that. 
And I was on a tiny, tiny salary and, you know, the bank I think was going to loan me something stupid like 10 times my salary at the time. Um, But, you know, I think property ownership in general, and I I guess I might be speaking on behalf of my generation here, it is becoming more and more unachievable. So I like I love the property discussion, but what I also love about what you're saying, Sarah, it's not just about investing in property. It's have a look at the whole, you know, the whole ecosystem ecosystem you mentioned rent vesting would I imagine that's like buying a property and and renting it out is that right so what rent vesting is it's a concept of um, for people that can't afford to buy in the areas they want to live they rent yeah and then they invest elsewhere okay gotcha so you're in the property market but you're just being realistic because I don't know how many people I've seen miss out because they had such a myopic view on what wealth looked like for them yes so the more you're willing to look the more you're willing to consider, the more likely you are to achieve the best outcome for your situation. Yeah. And it's just a fi- it's it's just a three year plan or a five year plan. Anything's possible. I mean, you could go out and invent the next Facebook and you know, never then money will never be a problem. <laughs> but if you don't if you don't try to do something. Yes. Your, your circumstances won't change. Your circumstances yeah. will never change. And you will always have this mindset of, oh, if I'd done this or if I'd done that. I mean, you know, we can all laugh and go, if you if you bought Afterpay at $9, you're cheering. Yeah. But if you <laughs> sold it at 150 rather than watching it come back to $90, you are also cheering. Yeah. So it's about the decisions we make. And there are lots, there's so much information out there for people if they're willing to have a look. You mentioned that you like talking on radio. You mentioned that it's a, it's, it's a natural medium there for you and you're very good at it. I mean, we don't get calls from producers all the time saying how good someone is. Is it, What about print, television? Is there an appetite, desire to be in that? Are, are, you a, are you up there for the thought leadership pieces, the op-ed, 600 words uh, kind of uh, Look, yarn? I'm always willing to have a crack. Yeah. Okay. Um, Is writing something that you do naturally? I do like writing. Yep. I do. And I try and have a bit of a different perspective on things. So always open to approaches. Done a bit of TV. Always wanted to grow up and be Sandra Sully. Yes. So if there is an opportunity for Sandra, yeah, watch out, Sandra. Sandra, Sandra, watch out. (laughs) You'd be great on TV. Oh, I did. uh, Back in Sydney, I did some community TV on Channel Thirty One, and I don't know. Hey, Channel Thirty One. Channel Thirty One. That's where I cut my teeth on TV. Oh, really? Auto cue training. That was a great night. You had auto cue. Geez, you had a training. You had a very well uh, financed Channel Thirty One. Then we had we had uh, we had uh, cardboard that you'd write, a, <laughs> you'd write the words down. It's, uh, it was unreal. I think it might have been one that was donated. Okay, well done. fortunate. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm always willing, you know, if, if anyone's looking for someone with a, a slightly different perspective on things when it comes to finance, um, I just try and make it fun and lighthearted. Sure. But still have that serious undertone where you can get the message across and you can connect with people, but they're probably more likely to do something with the information yep. rather than just kind of tune out. And I think I think there is a tendency from people to tune out. It's yeah, too difficult. Totally. And oh, you're asking me to make a lot of changes or do a lot of things that I'm not really that comfortable with. And it's something I, – I, I get it. And I think we, we were talking about this off air was the – when you're dealing with clients uh, trying to improve their financial wealth or their futures, uh, it's very similar to the way we work with clients that are trying to improve their media profile or communications position because they've got to have some skin in the game. They've got to be invested in this. If they don't, they're just they're buying something that they're not actually going to achieve. Yeah, it's not going to happen. 
that would have to be probably the biggest failure in people working with advisors in finance is they think because they pay that you will do. Yes. And our job is to design and give structure and give suggestions and recommendations. But it's a bit like having a personal trainer and just paying (laughs) them but not turning up to the session. So true. You've got to do the work. And that's what I say to clients. I'm like – you know, they'll, they'll ring me when they've paid off some debt or they've done something, they've achieved something, they'll say thank you and it's awesome, right? It's really great. But I always say to them, I go, you were prepared to do the work. Yeah. And that's the question we always have is I'm prepared to do the work if they're prepared to do the work. And that's, you know, would imagine anyone's relationship, particularly in media, you've got to do the work. Correct. And when they say thank you to you, you're almost saying thank you to them. Most definitely. Because it has been your advice, it has been your leadership there that's got them to that position. But if they didn't do the work themselves, they wouldn't be there. But that's the joy because for yep. every 100 people that I would probably talk to, I would say 25% actually do the work. Yep. Mm. So true. And I think it, everyone's looking for the silver bullet. It's why, it's why you know, even in media, Nick, you know, sometimes we'll get people that say, hey, I, I just want to do this, but they're not willing to do, you know, just want to be on TV or want to be on the project mm. or whatever it is. There is no silver bullet in life, in business, in money, in media. It's just not there. But I think, yeah, as you say, so few people, but they're the people that get the results. They're the people that kill it. Well, that's why people say to me, they go, how did such and such do this? Or how do they do that? I'm like, they're like a 30-year overnight success. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just didn't They just didn't picture on your radar because they were off doing the day in, day out. But it becomes joyful. Like, just like you were talking about, whether it's buying a property or you fill the cart but you don't check it out, savings and goals, like achieving financial goals is pretty awesome. Yeah, it like, is cool. Money doesn't change the world, but it does help you have more choices and have less stresses. Oh, so true. Very good. And on that cart issue, I think my wife filled a cart recently uh, and then exited and then the cart people came back and said, hey, you didn't pay it on the yes. way out. yep. Geez, they're, they're working that out, aren't they? They're totally. figuring it out. E-commerce is a very clever, very scary place. It is. <laughs> they will figure us out before we figured ourselves so out. So true. <laughs> and, yeah, and they've got they've got – They've got perfect profiles of us because we give it to them for free on Facebook. We give yeah. them to for free on all the other social media platforms that we're on. They've already worked out who we are and what we're doing and all our decision making. So, but can we change, Sarah? We is, can. That, is that the point? Is that is that is that what we're where we're heading to? I am eternally optimistic. Yeah. And my belief is, as people, we can change. However, the pain of not changing must be greater mm. than the perceived pain of change. Yeah. <sighs> so so true. what that means is we have to right royally discomfort ourselves before we are catapulted into change. Yeah. So really for anyone, you have the choice. You can kind of blow your life up financially or you can get really hopeful about something and then get a no and then go, oh, okay, I've got to do something about it. Or you can start to think and go, okay, how can I adult a little bit better when it comes to finances? And rather than trying to transform your entire life overnight, like finances are not like those home renovation shows where in <laughs> two days they do what would take a real like real or, person Or the biggest loser, the biggest loser, exactly. losing weight in 10 weeks. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to happen. No. It is just small progressive change and small goals. Yep. I mean, the first thing that people can do is just look at their finances. Yes. Like you just start by having a look, do a little bit of reading and set a small goal. Oh, 
What great advice. What great advice, Lana. I know. I love it. And I think I just, yeah, I agree with Sarah. I think we need more of this kind of discussion rather than the kind of really broad macro economy discussion. how to get rich quick or what thing to choose or what postcode to buy in. They're all great pieces of information and I do that every day. Like I talk about the, the specific stuff or the macro stuff. But what I really have seen helps people change is to talk about the psychology and laugh at ourselves. Laugh. We need more laughs. You know, make <laughs> finance fun. We that, need more laughs. We need more laughs. You slow down, Lana Hill. We don't need any more of your laughs. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry. You I've are, hit my quota. You've hit your quota for the day. Sarah Wells, beautiful to have you here on the Experts Podcast. We've ran out of time. We could do another half hour. We could do we another could. three or four hours. Yes. I can see why people do come to you. Now, if people do want to come to you and have a chat to you, how do they do it? They can go online to my website, sarahwells.com.au, or they can reach me via LinkedIn or my mobile. There you go. Well, you've heard it. Sarah Wells, doesn't she make money seem really easy? Yes. To go away and get. And exciting and motivating. to build. Yeah, let's do it. And to do it better. Let's go in your case. Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to sit down and have a look at it myself. (laughs) Me too. Well done. Thank you, Sarah, for coming in to the Experts Podcast. And thank you, Lani Hill. Thank you, Nick Hayes. Uh, We'll have another expert, another media next week. We look forward to having your company then. We'll see you then. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.